podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Wrap. After Liverpool have beaten Newcastle United to stay alive in the Premier League title race, Liverpool are alive. They have proven once again that they are going absolutely nowhere. They've put the pressure back onto Manchester City. They're the ones that are worried. Now, throughout the show, we're also going to be talking about the uh, City games to come against Leicester tomorrow night and the small matter of the second leg of a European Cup semi-final on Wednesday night at Anfield against Barcelona. I am Dan Austin. I've got with me Andy Heaton, John Gibbons, Gareth Roberts and Paul Hogan. The show is as ever in association with with Redsbet. They are a bookmaker with a twist in the half of their profits. That is to say, your losing bets are donated to fan causes. So if you already gamble, maybe consider doing it with them. But please do also always make sure to gamble in a safe and responsible manner. John, I can still barely breathe. Um, <laughs> I still haven't quite processed that last night was a thing that's actually happened in my life, that it's not some other dimension where a different reality exists. This this footy team, this Liverpool team, drags us to hell and back in the way that they're winning footy games. But my word, the payoff last night is totally worth it. It was. It was. It was. I mean, it, it took it out of you. You, you are right. I, I watched it. Um, I was at Town City, so I went to, to Punch Tourneys is it, to watch it, which is kind of around the corner in the Baltic. And there was a lot of sort of musicians in there and people and, and people. And I don't, quite a few people said hello. So nice, nice one for that uh, subscribers. But um, afterwards, like people were like, oh, yeah, should we go back? And I was like, I've just got to have a sit here. I'm just sat on my own and had a pint <laughs> and just went. A lot. <laughs> just because like I don't know like fair play to them for being able to go back to like reality and like other things but I was like I need a buffer here like you know I need to cleanse my palate almost and just have a think because yeah I, I mean 10 minutes to go I, I, I thought it was done and I'm obviously wrong too because you shouldn't doubt this football team and you shouldn't doubt this season but we just weren't creating anything were we and, and we weren't sort of looking likely and they, they looked a bit f- Flat when Mo went off, uh, sort of similar to the final, really, at uh, Champions League final last year, it seems to take it out of them, but come with the hour, come with the divok, mm-hmm. and, um, and and he, and he rose uh, brilliantly and scored, and yeah, I think a big pandemonium, wherever in the world you were watching it, I'm sure it was the same. Gareth, uh, John mentioned there that they weren't really creating much, um, it's, it's the resilience of this team that just yeah. continues to stun me. Um, they're, they're winning games when they're not playing well under very difficult circumstances through little more than willpower and determination and that's an incredible thing to watch on a regular basis yeah and, and this is why they just can't be questioned for me you know whatever happens from here on in we've got two games left Tuesday, Sunday uh, maybe we get to the final maybe we don't we shall see but whatever happens you know if, if the worst that happens is second place in the league 97 points or 94 points or 95 points, uh, semi-final or a final or a win or a European Cup, whatever happens from here on in, these, these, this side's brilliant because, as you say, it's not always down to the skill or the ability. It's not the best squad or the best team in the world, even though lots of us have said that over and over again. But what it is, what it can't be doubted for, is its spirit, is its will, is its character. And it, it willed that to happen yet again. And um, it was absolutely brilliant. I love the celebrations. I love how together they all seemed. You know, any any idea that there's any kind of problem between Klopp and any of the players, or just look look how they all celebrated there at the end. I mean, you know, there's been this constant talk of something must have gone on with Shakiri. They had a little dance. You know, <laughs> him and Klopp had a little dance there, and um, <clears throat> you know, on on that goal as well. I, I don't know if everyone got onto it, but um, Trent was going to take that free kick. Mm-hmm. And, and Virgil was just like, nah, you're on it, lads, and, and just you take it, lads. You know, you're, you're, you've got the better delivery uh, on, on this particular position on the pitch. And he gets there, Divock rises, and yeah, what a goal, what a moment. 
and what a team and we just keep going don't we and th- this is the other thing for me like it will be really really hard to cope with mentally if we end up with nothing but the, the thing I'm already taking from it and the thing I'm the way I'm already sort of preparing myself for it is that we're not going away you know you can't you can't go away when you're that type of squad when you're that type of team the manager's brilliant I think at the psychological side of the game to, to constantly get them in the position where it's not bothering them that much I think for the first time maybe you saw in that second half it was getting to them and, and, and the human aren't they? it's going to you know where Trent just drills it out of play because he's just trying to hurry up basically in it, on about the 80-81 mark and it was like lad you know we've got 10 minutes we're a good side we can make it happen um, I loved when Milner come on as well by the way we were talking about this on a post-match point last night like brings him on you know he, he, I think it's not long after that after Trent does that you see you see Klopp sort of turn and go Millie get on and he obviously wants him to come on to be experienced, to, to calm it down, to sort of get, you know, reposition where Liverpool are in the match, and he just runs on and starts swapping people. <laughs> <laughs> Which was fantastic to watch. Uh, absolutely clattered a couple of fellas, takes a yellow when the, when it looks like the fella might run through on goal, and yeah, brilliant. And it really was torturous before that goal went in. Like, we all talk about the, the, the celebration and the let-off and, and the palpable sense of relief that washed over 3,000 people in that away end and millions around the globe that were watching it on telly as well. But before that, it really did feel like the house of cards was falling down around us, didn't it? With the injury, the fact that, you know, you end up with Origi and Sturridge on somehow in, in, in 2019, it just felt a bit like, oh, all right, maybe this is it. It, it felt like one of those dramas you watch and you, you're not sure which way it's going to end and then like the, the mood, mood music starts coming on in the last scene and, you, and you're going, oh, this is it. This is going to be it. This this is curtains. And then, yeah, as John was saying, I mean, to be honest, I I'm, I still haven't enjoyed it. I mean, I celebrated it, but like a celebration supposed to be happy. This was like a really angry, like, let off. Like, I'm more angry at, more angry at myself, to be honest, because I, I went one step worse than Gareth and John had... When it got to about 78, 79, I'd started rationalising the season as it was going. Like, and I, and, I, and I was trying to kid myself that it was almost better to know now than go into next week with hope, because then it's gone. It's, it's like, just pull the stick and plaster off now and just have done with it. Because I just said, with, with Mo going down injured, and then Firmino hadn't made the trip, and little things weren't going our way, and things we normally do well we just weren't doing and we just seemed so full of confidence at the start and it just seemed to ebb away and ebb away and then you were thinking oh that's just after a euro away we've only had so many days rest and and what do I fucking know I think you just made me realise there when you were saying about comparing it to a drama and the mood, mood music coming up me sort of perfect metaphor for this now is that it was very similar to the incinerated scene in Toy Story 3 <laughs> where you're convinced all the toys are going to die and it's all over forever do you, know, do you know what I mean though it's like you can't visualise it happening there's a line in um, show me age now there's a line in the Matrix when they all start getting killed off they all start getting unplugged and one of the characters goes one of the characters goes not like this but fortunately it was more an eye star not fucking today uh, Paul Klopp said in the aftermath yesterday, um, I know what kind of boys I have, which I thought was a, a fantastic way of putting it, because he was basically being asked by, by uh, the Match of the Day commentator, did you think this was done um, at any stage? And it's 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 testament again to the fact that when he says, I know that the kind of boys I've got, he doesn't mean I know I've got a brilliant squad full of expensive, superb footballers. He means I've got a load of brilliant human beings in there who never know when to give up. 
It's mad, isn't it? Because how hard is it to, to keep that belief up? I, I, I did a show about, I, I think it was the day before the game, maybe the day before that, and all I talked about was the fact that it, most of my insecurities are in my own head and it's about the history of being a Liverpool fan over the last 20 years and all that. And then I'm sitting there when it's two all and I'm back there and I'm the same Liverpool doing it to me again type of thing. You know, all that belief had just zapped out of me for a second and then Origi goes up for that free kick and Origi must agree about three foot. I, I, I just remember sitting there thinking, is he actually that big? And he was just a big lad, but he just looked massive all of a sudden. I was like, he can't not score it. And it didn't look like it was a free kick neither anyway, did it, by the way? He just turns into one of the mutants off Space Jam but, just for that free kick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he just he just grew huge. But yeah, Klopp's belief in them is unbelievable. And I think we all try and have it, but we all sort of fall back into old ways, or I did anyway last night, and I just sat there. Head in hands for a couple of minutes and then and then they proved me wrong it again or proved me right again. I suppose. It seemed like it seemed like sort of everything was conspiring against us, didn't it? You know, you, Andy says about the injury and then what happens to Mo. But even the thing like it, that it was Saturday night. You know, I was thinking about that as it was building up to it before I watched it, and I was like, we all know what Newcastle is like. We all know what Geordies are like. They're not dissimilar to us in many ways. And like, when we got a late <laughs> kick off, the vast majority of us go and enjoy a bevy. It's fair to say. And so did they. And you just thought, that ground's going to be absolutely rocking. And it sounded like it was. And like all the questioning over Benitez was just so... It was just such bollocks. Because it was like anyone that knows Rafa Benitez knows that he can set, A, that he can set up a side. And B, that if you question him, that, make, that makes him even more motivated. And I, I, I think he knew that he was being questioned. That people were saying, he'll do Liverpool a favour. And how fired up with Newcastle? Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was like, you know, they probably haven't played that well all season. I mean, they beat City, but, you know, the pressing is high, the pressing is hard, they're getting stuck in, they seem determined to take Mo out. Okay, it was by accident in the end, but, you know, there's a few good goes at raking down the back of his Achilles and things like that, and his heels and everything else, some moody tackles going in. And when you think that they've got nothing to play for and that they're safe and everything else, well, you know, any Man City fans watching it, and there was obviously loads on the team itself, he definitely kept us honest, it's fair to fucking say. Uh, John, I really want to talk about Ori, um because I still just can't believe this has been happening. His career was dead at Liverpool. It was gone. He literally got sent out on loan and didn't do well. He should he should have gone. He should have gone permanently somewhere else. That's the logical thing to have happened in the past. It didn't, for whatever reason, it conspired that he stayed. He wasn't getting games until that derby. And since then, he's, he's, he's genuinely brought about two of, of the biggest moments I've ever had supporting Liverpool, regardless of whether they go on to win the league or the European Cup or whatever else, he's had an effect there that pretty much any other footballer would kill for, and it's 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 staggering that it's him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, and it's like the sort of, you know, idea that, that some people are just are just right place, right time almost, aren't they? And, you know, you mentioned that Everton game. When he got brought on, I think a lot of people were like, oh, is he still here, sort of thing? You know, he hadn't played at all all season, you know, and, and people were sort of looking to the bench and thinking, who's he going to throw on there? And I think sometimes OEG hadn't even been on the bench, had he? he hadn't even mm-hmm. made the squad that he was there on. That comes on. Obviously, he's the one following in, so fair play. And again, he's the one in, in the right place, isn't he? He's, he's in there. I thought he did all right generally when he came on. He, he puts that great cross in, doesn't he? That the looks like Manny's going to put in, but not quite. doesn't quite get there. Well, it's a good, good defender, actually. But, you know, as you say, what an impact he's had. And, and that just sort of happens to some players. I remember... Talking to David Fairclough once because uh, we did we helped him a little bit when he when he launched his book and how he said he used to he used to sort of hate the super sub thing and it used to sort of do his head in and but then he's he's sort of come to terms with it and also thinks well you know if you think 
that Saint-Étienne goal is one of the most famous goals in Liverpool history, probably top five, isn't it? And and you think about all the brilliant players who've played for Liverpool, probably most better than Fairclough in terms of like, you know, the the big stars I'm talking about. Yet yet it's 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 everyone knows who he is and everyone knows his goal and. And if we win this league, like, I mean, I'll do Divock's book as well. He's <laughs> <laughs> our trigger, isn't he? Trigger was in like six minutes of that whole of the episodes of uh, Only Fools and Horses. And he's like renowned for it, isn't he? He's our trigger. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, I think it's 12 goals now from subs, the most in the league. Yeah, and, it's the most and, in the league. And, yeah. and it's like, you know, that in itself, again, is, goes back to the idea of where they're all at mentally. Because I think it's very easy if you're coming on as a sub to maybe be a bit like Dave Fairclough was saying there, like be a bit like, well, why aren't I starting? You know what I mean? And like sort of be in the wrong place. But it does really feel like they're all they're all together and they're all pushing for a cause because you've hardly heard a moan from any of them all season. Even people like Moreno, you know, not had a sniff all season yet, still, still seems to be knocking around on training pitches with a smile on his face. Mignolet the other day talking about sort of, you know, the squad and how tight they are and how well they're getting on and all that sort of stuff. All that counts for something, and that's why you're getting 12 goals from subs. And, and like I say, you see them all at the end as well. They're all celebrating, they're all together. Clock goes to every single one of them and congratulates them. <gasps> and okay, you're going to when you've just got a win like that. But nevertheless, it, you know, it just feels it, it, it's something special because there's been loads of other times where we've had good teams, good squads, good managers. But you've known that there's something knocking in the background. That there's an issue there. That there's a player that wants out. That the you know the manager and the the board don't get on or whatever. And it just feels right now that that's sort of everything's right. Everything's in the in the right place. And I've got somewhere now with it that you know even even about Barcelona now even about next week it's just like I just feel like we'll, we'll somehow find a way because they seem you know. Brewster will turn up on Mangan Africa. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll just be all right because they just keep making it all right. It's been all right so many times that I'm used to it being all right because Liverpool just find a way. See, that's the that's the that's the thing that it mashes your head even more because the your rational, your left side, your right side brain, the rational side of your brain's thinking, oh, you know what? In all likelihood, you know City will probably win the two games and all that. And you look at the Barcelona game, then on the other side of your brain, where it's romantic, you look how many moments Liverpool have had this season, and that side's utterly convinced something mad's going to happen. You look at Spurs, the derby last night. I'm probably missing a few out, and it just. Stories don't end with Liverpool with nothing. Story of Jack Chelsea, you know, like yeah, exactly. Southampton exactly. as well. I'm, I mean, I, I said to, to Dana that before we started, the one thing I'm utterly convinced about is that the league doesn't finish 98-97. Something happens. Someone blinks. I don't know who it's going to be, but it doesn't finish 98-97. And my left side brain's utterly convinced that Liverpool will prevail. Paul, Just off the back of that. Uh, and he's talking about moments there. I want to talk about the the last goal last night because I think it's a bit of a different moment to, to other ones that we've seen and if you compare it to you know Origi's winner against Everton and the winner against Tottenham and Anfield it's not quite the same in that it's technically an excellent goal Yeah, it's not just you know applying loads of pressure and the other team just sort of crumble because you've put so much on them and it's it's just you know the determination it was willpower to get the build up to it, but then afterwards, it's a superb flicked header. Once it gets put into the box, it's great movement. The ball in is superb. It shows. It shows again that that 
they believed in themselves, not just that they were going to get the results over the line, but even though they hadn't been creating things, they were still the better side and still technically good enough to make a really good chance happen, and they never gave that up. Definitely. I didn't I didn't feel like it was coming at the point of us getting that free kick. And then, as you say, when you, when you see a, a, a watch match of the day this morning, you see uh, Van Dijk telling... Uh, Shakiri to get over there and take that free kick and it was like Trent just Trent didn't even argue about mm. it straight away stepped away and the ball into the box and I say Origi just looked absolutely huge and then the celebrations were a bit bizarre as well because the celebrations were more to Shakiri in a lot of respects like but it took Origi a while to realise it had gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they were all at Shakiri and it just checking, checking it was him going fucking hell have I done that again really <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, the lad it was the Lascelles, wasn't it? He was, he was, he was marked. Yeah. Mark. He said decent yeah. centre half, yeah. good in the air. He, he just got there well. first, yeah. and that, that's one of the things that sometimes I think Origi's had criticism for is being a bit flat-footed, not necessarily attacking the ball in the way that he should. Considering he's so big, he, he was there. He was there first. John, it's, it's 94 points now. It's, mm. a, it's a stunning total to get in any league campaign, regardless of whether you're in a title race or whether it's just you on your own. Whoever the team is, it's a stunning total to reach. It's more than Manchester United have ever got when they've won the Premier League. It's more than the Arsenal Invincibles got. No matter what happens now, and obviously you know we're all still hopeful, there's still plenty of time to go. Liverpool have got to be perfect one more time. Manchester City have got to be perfect twice more. But no matter what, Liverpool, by the end of next week, are for my money either the best team in Premier League history or the second best team in Premier League history. <laughs> I mean, it's they're, they're certainly a phenomenal football team, and and you know this this City side are looking at you know close to two hundred points aren't they over over two seasons, which is just it's just ridiculous. You just thought you'd never see anything like that, you know, to do that over two years. You know, you you never thought you'd see it, and so for this Liverpool side to be going in a week to go just ahead of them haven't played the game more is is a remarkable achievement it's a it's it's a number of points that as you say we've never got anywhere near in the in in sort of you know the Premier League era never mind sort of you know hitting that you know we have we've, we've not even you know we used to you know talk about you know 80s as a, as, a, as a good you know kind of low 80s as a as a, as one, as a really good season they do, as you say they've got to 94 already you'd be Prize if they didn't get to ninety seven now going into kind of next week and then and then they've done everything they can and and you know you can talk about points that have been dropped and you can talk about you know decisions that could have been made kind of differently or whatever if you if you want or you can talk about how many times they've been on the floor and got up and still got a victory and, and I think that should be the focus whatever happens. Gareth, we knew it was going to take this going into the season. If you're going to win a league title, you need a frankly stupid points total because Manchester City are going to put up a stupid one themselves. We've done our job, quite frankly. If they if they only end on ninety four, even if they lose next week, they they've done what was asked of them by Klopp in pre season. He said, This is roughly what you need to get to if we're gonna make this happen. Let's just get there and then see. And it may happen, it may not. But they've done realistically all he can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean you, you said about sort of we not long ago that we were hailing sort of eighty points and eighty points plus as being really good seasons. But also not so long ago we're hailing being in the top four is a good season. You know, we're talking about that. Like, what what do you want from Liverpool? I want them to consistently be in the top four. I want them to be in the latter stages of the Champions League. I want them to be winning cups, that type of stuff. That was the conversation. And it's gone from being 25 points behind Manchester City last season to this. And, like, that, that as a turnaround is magnificent. And we're in the semi-finals still of the Champions League as well. And it, it just, like, you, you seem like... A flat earther to me. If you if you're in any way criticizing Liverpool now, I mean, it, it just makes me laugh. Some of the stuff I see, like you know, the the idea that oh, I really didn't take the cup seriously, did he? 
fuck off. Just, you know, go away, do one. Like, there isn't anything to criticise here. Liverpool have either won the league or very nearly won the fucking league. They got to the last four of the Champions League, they may go further. And it's like, there's nothing to criticise. I understand that sort of, you know, sections of the media operate around the idea of being negative, staring shit, getting people to click, causing debate, if you want to call it that. But it just feels really tired and irrelevant about Liverpool right now because Liverpool are fantastic. It's it, but that, I mean, that's the thing with the media. It's always got to be reported in a binary nature where X is good, which means Y is bad. When I think you've absolutely nailed it. You look at Liverpool season in isolation, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's unprecedented. And if it doesn't work out for us, then you've got to take your hats off to Man City while still appreciating what a fucking good side this Liverpool, Liverpool team are. And I defy anyone to... to, to uh, I have to take a serious viewpoint that Liverpool have in any way, shape or form not performed or failed this season because it's a ridiculous line of thought. Paul, Andy mentioned all the moments that we've had so far this season and again, regardless of what happens, I've lived by far and away my most enjoyable season watching Liverpool. Um, you know, there's been games where they've totally decimated the opposition because they're so brilliant. There have been other ones where they've looked like they're down and out and they've dragged something back. They've gone on another European run. It's... It's in a way quite contrasting to what Man City have been doing in that they've won a lot of games early. Um, I don't think they've had the the ride that necessarily Liverpool have had. No matter what, Liverpool will, will, will go again next season and be right on their coattails again. And I think that, that you know whether they pick it up next season or not, we've had more fun. I, I, I'm really disappointed that the league ends this season. Like I know that everyone's head has gone over the title race and it's really stressful and it's taken years, possibly even decades, off of all of our lives at this stage. But I would happily have it gone for another six months because I love watching this football team and I love watching them do mad things. It's mad because at the start of the se- I was trying to think last night about what, what, what my hopes were for this season and I genuinely thought this team could challenge for the league but I think what I, what I said at the time was only if City don't do what they did last season. You know, if, if, if they have a, a good season but we're not talking about 100 point mark mm-hmm. then I reckon Liverpool would be in the frame because you don't have to be perfect to do that. Liverpool are there regardless of the fact that City have had one of them seasons so I think, you know, for, for me, the, like this season is is the best I've, I've best team I've saw, and for every different reason, defensively, I mean, we haven't saw a better defensive team. I don't think than than that Liverpool team. And going forward, they're just unreal. Um, I still would rather be in our shoes than City shoes going into Monday night. I, 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 I'm intrigued at what Pep. Someone said, "Serious." I just Pep looked nervous, and the team looked nervous, and against Burnley, and Burnley didn't have a shot. Um. I'm just intrigued to what they do because they, they don't look like a team that are confident or comfortable right now considering how much possession they have considering teams aren't shooting against them. I, I, I think there's another tale. I th- as you said before, I think there's another twist in this this tale now. Um, yeah, and I think... I'm just glad I'm on the ride and, and I can't see us being nothing but better next season because this team's going nowhere and the teams around us don't look like they're going the same way, way we are neither. Is that the new strap line? Liverpool FC, a great ride. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's why, that's why like, it was so important to get that winner though, wasn't it? Because I was thinking about, you know, it's obviously at the back of your mind all the time that we do these podcasts, we do these videos, you've got to get in front of a mic or in front of a camera and say something and analyse the game in some way and have something to say. And so it's, it's turning over in your mind while you're watching a match. And I was thinking, spinning a draw 
is going to be really hard <laughs> because basically, like you've let the air out the balloon. Like, it, 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 mm-hmm. we would have been sitting here saying, "Oh, you know," but it, it, there's still a chance and all this kind of thing. But it was so so important to get the win and leapfrog them once again because to to get to get a draw and be second to them on goal difference at this point when we're sitting here talking in a different reality that would have been so deflating. And so to take it to the final weekend, to take it to the final game, to throw it back in their court once again. And, you know, it feels to me that it's not unreasonable to suggest that Leicester can cause them problems. You know, some of the other ones that we've been sitting down and watching, you feel like you're clutching at draws a little bit. But, you know, this one, you know, like Vardy's missus, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> she wants. She says she wants Liverpool to win the league. So do I, love. So we, let, <laughs> you know, let, let, let's let's see how we get on. But you know, someone like Vardy feels like you know, if this is a story, if this is a play, if this is like some kind of mad event rather than just a series of football matches, then Vardy feels like a boss pantomime body to go and spoil City's party, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's someone that like, never gives up. He's just like a a wasp in your ear. A, he just never goes. He's a little away. prick, and he yeah. basically yeah, and he's a horrible opponent. And he just, it, I don't know, just maybe I'm talking shite, but it just kind of feels written that he could go and cause City a problem. I open right. I reckon Dan's having a fiver on Slavhead. <laughs> <laughs> but by tomorrow night, Jamie Vardy could very much be our prick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I face a far worse reality than thinking what I was going to say on a podcast this morning, the fact that it's my niece's high Alana. Happy birthday, second birthday today. She definitely listens. She definitely listens. <laughs> um, and it's her party straight after this. And her dad, my brother-in-law, is the worst kind of Evertonian. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, oh, fucking hell. I'm, I'm, I was, I was going to lie and basically say, oh, the podcast went on for hours. Sorry, I couldn't make it. <laughs> and now I bounced out of bed and I can't wait to see him. I am Mark. I know you do listen, you prick. <laughs> John, we'll talk about City in detail in a minute because we simply have to. It's, it's, it's a shootout at this stage. But um, just to go back to what we were talking about before, do you just... Do you just want to know the answer now? Do you just want to know how it ends up, or or could you keep going, just having a laugh watching them? How do you how do you feel about the fact that it is coming to an end? Might have a playoff, mate. Oh. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, Where would they have that? Don't know, Bootle. Just um, the car park at IKEA Wellington. I, I can I can wait another week, but I can't wait much longer than that. So so sort of halfway between what you're saying. Uh, if you if you were, if the answer was in an envelope there, I wouldn't look. But then I'm glad it's I'm glad it's only a week more because it is it is taking it out of you, isn't it? You know it is. You know it's I mean every emotion possible during that game wasn't there. You know there's the we go one nil up, the easiest goal you can imagine, isn't it? It's just mm-hmm. like such a straightforward goal for Big Verge, and you think, oh yeah, this is going to be easy. Then suddenly we start doing my back passes and Lovren looking shaky, and they get a goal, and then but we get a second, and so you're like, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll run away with this now, surely. You know, Manley has a good chance, obviously storage, and then they just won't go away, and then and then Rondon as Rondon turns into Pele, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> could have done without Didier Drogba coming on in a, in a Rondon mask, <laughs> battering our lads again, um, yeah, could have done without that, and so and so it was like the full thing, wasn't it? And then and then obviously the the source of ecstasy towards the end of Big Divock, and then I thought he, he sorted it, sorted it out fairly well. To to be fair, like you know, considering it was it was eighty minutes, eight minutes of stoppage time, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't remember a huge amount happening, or maybe I was just that, that free looking. kicked out from the exact same position that Messi scored. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was just going like, "You're not messy though, like Yeah, you know what I mean. We'll be all right here. Yeah. You're random. I've done a little poo. I'll be honest. Uh, Gareth, Man City have watched that again. 
thinking, all right, this is the one then, finally, finally, this is the one. And once again, they were wrong. So they've thought that when we were playing Tottenham, they thought it when we were playing Fulham, when we were playing Southampton, possibly, you know, we got to Cardiff and it was it was level at half-time. Um, they just keep being wrong about that. As you said before, we keep putting it back into their court. We keep asking them, all right, how's your bottle then? Because they're a better team than Leicester and they're a better team than Brighton. If they just play well, they'll win both of them. But they've got 48 hours between full-time there and their game Monday night to stew on it. They're, you know, doing the garden. They're looking after the kids. They're going shopping. And they're thinking, them fucking bastards again. Like, we should have been winning it Monday night in front of our own crowd. Just a little easy win. Pick the trophy up because they've dropped points. And it's not happening. We keep asking them how the bottle is and we'll find out again on Monday. Exactly. And it, it, it's vital that we've kept doing that. And that, that's what I say before, you know, the difference between the draw and the win. Um, you know, you'd really be clutching at straws and doing maths and everything else as to how we still do it if it was just a draw. But because it's a win, because we've literally, when they pick up the papers, when they watch match of the day, whatever, when they do whatever they do, they see the name Liverpool at the top of the league. It's got to get into the heads. It's just got to. It's got to be a factor in it all. And um, I, I don't know if you have seen the post-match pint video from last night here, but, you know, you just watch it because... Ben Jono at the end comes up with some a classic scenario. I don't, I don't want to sort of give it all away, but it involves Pep Guardiola sitting in his scruffy grey cardi eh, and nothing else with with a cat next to him, and then reacting in a fairly unique way when Liverpool um, get that victory. But it's it, it's got to have affected them, of course it has. And like you know, you just sort of think the way we were getting nervy there, eighty odd minutes. You know, if for once like City don't score early, if for once someone keeps them honest and gives them a game, if Leicester get one nil up, even you know whatever, all these scenarios, you can imagine it getting it nervy. You can imagine the crowd starting to get on top of them. It's not hard to imagine a reality where they drop points, and you know we only need them to draw as well. We only need them to draw, and then we're in the box seat. So it's so close, you can almost touch it. That's what's horrible about all this. It's it's like, you know. All this shit about down the years, about you know ne- next year's our year and all that bollocks and all this stuff about Liverpool fans being delusional. We're not being delusional right now. It's really hard. It's sorry. It's really easy to to look, look for a reality there where Liverpool have won number nineteen and it's so so close. It's mad how people used to compliment Guardiola on his fashion sense, you know, and he's kicking about in Stole Islands and that, oh, and how he just wears that fucking cardi any time you see him, even a training, the fucking scruff. <laughs> um, Must stink. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think, if it does happen just on Pep Guardiola rocking himself in the corner, I would like to think that if we do somehow pull through, uh, we see the glorious return of my mum's cola on Twitter as well. Just to run around with a Jürgen Klopp mask and Pep Guardiola's house banging on the window. <laughs> going, ah! <laughs> um, I got my phones going. Pep Guardiola taking his champion's pencil case back to <laughs> And all that I ask of, of Leicester City is 20 minutes. I just want 20 minutes from them. I just want them to put a doubt in City minds for 20 minutes. And that can be in a multitude of different ways. It can be 20 minutes where City make a load of chances and Casper Schmeichel pulls off a few improbable saves and Slabhead's clearing things off the line with Johnny Evans and whatever else. It could be 20 minutes where, you know, maybe they get ahead early and, and they make them think, they make them reset their game plan. It could be 20 minutes where they're 1-0 down and they've just put a bit of pressure on from 75 onwards and make them worry. That is all I ask of Brendan Rodgers and Jamie Vardy. Look, all they've got to, all they've got to do, like it's the easiest thing in the world, is... Create an environment where it's not easy for City to run away with it because, and maybe a little bit of stroke clutching, but 
when City when City have it hard, there is some evidence there that they do they don't crumble, but they're not as strong. So Spurs in the Champions League the other week, us last year in the Champions League. There's been games of Guardiola's <clears throat> histories scattered with it. It's, he never won the European Cup with Bayern Munich. Uh, he hasn't won it with City so far. If you put them in a one-off game situation, like it's a final, so to speak, and I think Jurgen Klopp's use of the word final was very deliberate, actually, in the post-match, they can be a little bit more vulnerable than what they normally are. So if Leicester can get to 70, 70 and be within within a goal of getting a point, there's a chance. Um, but there's equally, or there's a far greater chance of City being up, if we're being realistic, being two up within 20 minutes, and then that's it. And then we're, we're pinning Everton on uh, Brighton, who we're now safe, which doesn't help. But hope springs are turning on that. It's going to be mad. Whatever happens, next week's going to be mad just because we're playing at the same time as them. And I reckon it's December since that was last the case, like because obviously one of us is always on telly. Mm-hmm. So there was that. It was the the Newcastle game, wasn't it, at home when Boxing Day? Yeah, yeah. When when they. Drop points. They look. They got beat at Leicester. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. So uh, and yeah. And so uh, yeah. And you just kind of yeah. That was mad, wasn't it? And they kept scoring. You know, it's just just the fact that they're playing at the same time. Like, will will be will be sort of a strange mm-hmm. sensation, really. Because as I say, I reckon it's I reckon it's December since that was last the case. I was going to say with everyone with the radios at the ready, but it's more like wireless, it's yeah. it's smart watches really in this day and age, isn't it? We stood next to uh, George uh, John Milburn's mate for that game, and he kept just. Screaming out when Leicester had scored goals, and there was a late red card as well, and we were celebrating it more than the goals we'd scored against Newcastle. <laughs> It'll be mad to actually be in one of those situations where Nick Gareth on the last day. No matter what happens in the City game now, you you know that Liverpool are going into the last game of the season with a shot at the Premier League, and you're watching our game in your navy, but you're also checking for this other score. We've got to hope that the Wi-Fi's fucking good for once <laughs> in the crowd because we're going to be absolutely shitting it. Got to be on the media password there. <laughs> but, um... Don't know what you're talking about, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, isn't that fantastic in itself? Because how many times have we been at this stage of the season with nothing to play for? And you go on that last day out of duty, you go out on that last day to go and have a pint with your mates. But when you're actually in the ground, you're watching a game that doesn't matter and it's a glorified testimonial and the sun's in your face and you're thinking about next season. You're like, maybe next year, blah, 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 blah. This time, it's it, it, it's on. It's proper. It's real. I mean, you know, that the other time we had this is obviously under Rodgers. Um, when we finished behind City by two points, and but uh, you know that Newcastle game was flat as fuck, wasn't it? It was like I, I think they they go up early, scared a long goal, wasn't it? And and it was just like stunned, mm-hmm. and it, it 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 was horrible in a way that Gerard will really sad like, yeah. throughout the whole yeah, game. Yeah, and it, it, I think loads of people were in that mood, and and, and like we the Anfield app had a, had a night that night, which was great, and, and and really sort of got everyone back into a good place. But at the actual game, it was dead as fuck. It was horrible, and I think you know we can go into this one bouncing. You know, we've basically got, like, two European nights in a, in a week, haven't we? Because, you know, Wolves will be superb. Like, you know, how, how can you not go to that match and, and go in the mindset of celebrating what a fucking great side we've got? You know, everyone bring your scarves, your flags and all the rest of it. Get it booming. Let's beat Wolves. Let's do our bit. Let's get 97 points and then let's see what fate hands out. Paul, I've only really calmed down after last night this morning. Uh, I went to bed still fueled with adrenaline after the game, but uh, basically what I've been doing since I woke up is convincing myself that Leicester might be the best team uh, like of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Running through the 11 and going, he's good. Barry could do a bit. And just basically convincing yeah, <laughs> convince myself that any one of their 11 could score a goal against Manchester City. But 
in reality, they are a good football team. You know, they've been really good under Rodgers. They've conceded a lot less goals. Jamie Vardy has scored more than anyone since Brendan Rodgers came in. He's always a thorn in the backside of the top six. How much hope do you retain that we are actually going to go into Sunday ahead? I genuinely think Leicester have an opportunity there. They're not the counter-attacking team that they were a couple of years ago, but they've still got a resemblance of that squad and that team. And if they can be within touching distance, Vardy is set up for, you know, City are going to have to throw the kitchen sink at it. And if City have to throw the kitchen sink at it, they're leaving space behind them and... and you probably don't. There's not a player in the league who you'd want with space behind the back four than, than Vardy, even now. So I I genuinely think that there is an opportunity there, but it's it, it's it's not letting them score after two minutes for a change because mm. that that's the thing that kills me with City. Everyone seems to be able to score after two or three minutes. So if we can, if we can, I'm a Leicester fan now. Uh, if if they can keep it nil nil for. 10, it, it's, it's the psychology of it though isn't it all the time it, it's almost as if teams prepare themselves to be scored against in the first 10 sometimes against like just expecting it mm-hmm. and you see it and as you see season gets more acute you see it more and more so our winner last night just going back to the Newcastle the, the Newcastle game watch the winner again and how deep Newcastle drop it's almost as if they're, they're expecting Liverpool to get something from it so you, you kid yourself whereas you look at in the main how well we've defended set pieces over the course of the season, we're, we're a lot higher. And if you look early in the game, I'm pretty sure Newcastle were a lot higher in similar positions, but it's kind of, it just plays in your mind and plays and plays and plays. And I, I think a lot of the battle, I think you're spot on, I think a lot of the battle with City is just being in there, just staying in there at crucial moments. Everton, to be fair to them, nearly don't I think it took them at City 44 minutes to score against Everton, didn't he? And he's he got, struggled to be Bournemouth at home a, long, yeah. a while ago, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just staying in. Was like a bit of it with the Burnley game where. Yeah. I mean, they were all over Burnley for the majority of the game, but why, when that goal wasn't coming, you could see them starting to question and starting to think, and you could even see it in the changes, that how early changes were that Guardiola made, the types of changes well, he, he made. Well, he was forced into a change that paid off, but it was one that was forced on him because yeah, of the yeah, injury. exactly. So I, 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 I think City... City aren't this um, 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 invincible force. They're, they're a very, very good football team. They've lost four. But they're beatable. So... I'm conf- I'm reasonably confident, as confident as you can be. <laughs> I've got I've got a very strong vision in my mind of Vincent Company on the deck and Jamie Vardy just running past him with the football through one on one to it. Basically, I'm hoping that that happens, and if not, really reliant on Glenn Murray somehow on Sunday. Um, but as we mentioned earlier, uh, there is a European Cup semi final to go in between, and Gareth, it's obviously immensely difficult. Uh, these are one of the best footy teams ever. They've got the best player, unquestionably, of all time, and he, he proved his quality in the first leg in 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 uh, Catalonia the other week. But the fact that we retain hope, the fact that we think there is a realistic shot that we can still get through this, because I don't think any other team would really, says so much about where we're at and the group of players that we've got. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we've got. I think we've got to somehow pull out a, you know, essentially a perfect performance to to get something there because. I don't doubt that Liverpool can beat them, and I don't doubt that Liverpool can score goals against them. It's obviously it's the stuff at the other end, and and you know we're going to need a little bit of fortune to not allow them to score. And we started to look a little bit shaky at times at the back, although you know some of that is attributed to putting Lovren in there for me yesterday. Um, I don't think he's going to play against Barcelona, but but yeah, like you say, the fact that you know, like I said, it, it seems built on sand sometimes when we sort of done the Scouse thing, done the Liverpool thing and said we've got chances in every single match we play. 
And that's that's sort of like the spirit of Liverpool that we do that. But this time it's built on something. This time it's built on the fact that Liverpool can score against any side. Liverpool can beat any side. And we saw in the new camp enough to say that Liverpool can cause them problems. You know, we're not being silly to say Liverpool could have won that match three or four nil mm-hmm. on another day. So what what to say we can't win this match on Tuesday three or four nil? You know, I think some of the factors that we massively big up, you know, will lift our players. So, you know, the atmosphere will lift our players. You know, the, the European nights always look great and all the rest of it. I'm not sure, I'm not too sure that that gets in Barca's head as such because they're so used to it because of the ground they play in, because the atmosphere they play in, because the types of players they've got. I mean, I'm still surprised that people were surprised about, about how Suarez acted in that game. That's what he does. That's exactly what he did for us. I remember writing a piece when he left saying, you know, Suarez was our cunt and we loved him for, for that. And now he's someone else's cunt. And, he, and it, that's him. That's what he's all about. And, and, you know, winding up Robertson, squaring up to Robertson, arguing with Robertson in the tunnel, you know, celebrating a goal, giving it the beans and all that. That's what he does. And, and he will not be intimidated by anything that we, we throw at him at Anfield. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. But again, it's it's just good though, isn't it? How good is it that we're going to a European Cup semi-final on Tuesday? You know, how many other sets of fans want to swap places with us right now? And like, you know, we're box office. Everyone's sitting down around the world and watching these games and going, wow. And like, you know, I said on the uh, the team talk show the other day, I seen, seen a thing saying there was the most journalist at, that, that St. James' Park has ever had at that match yesterday. 177 journalists applied for accreditation to be in the in the press box from all over the world and that's because this is a fantastic story and it's really anno- it's brilliant how much it's annoying City fans by the way yeah you know I, I, every day I wake up and I put a turn on Twitter and there's a couple of City fans I follow and they're fuming about the sort of the romance around Liverpool because they haven't got it because they haven't got it because they haven't got that history they haven't got that romance and they hate that we've got it and isn't that brilliant John if it is to happen and it's a massive if it's 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 still you know completely unlikely, but it could happen. But if it does, it's unquestionably the biggest night at Anfield ever. Like you know, we all tell stories about Olympiacos yeah. and about Chelsea and about Senetien and Inter and whatever else. But this fucks them right off, beats them hands down. If it were to happen, and although that that shows you know the the immense <coughs> difficulty of the prospect, it's also really tantalising because you get to go the game thinking. Let's just go berserk. Let's just let's just have an absolutely mad one. Let's try and have fun. Let's see how we get on, and the payoff could be the biggest of all time. Yeah, no, you're right. It's a good point, and I think you know, as you say, it does show the the kind of how enormous really the uh, the, the challenges. But <coughs> sorry, um, but like you say, you know, you might as well give it a go and and. Anyone who doesn't believe in nil nil, ask them when we go one nil up, and they'll and they'll, they'll have changed their mind. Now they'll be like, "Yeah, it's on, it's on, it's happening." And so that's what the atmosphere is going to be like, and that's how I think it will change if we can't score that first goal, especially if we get it early. Then suddenly, every moods will change, and moods will change, and there they'll start looking around at each other as well, going, "You know, we're in a game here, maybe more than we thought." Paul, Gareth mentioned there about the atmosphere. It will be mad. Uh, it could be even more mad if Manchester City have dropped points on Monday night because I think then if that happened, no one would really care what went on on the pitch. No one will just be going old. insane anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, the ground's going to be empty. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to play the under 10s. <laughs> um, no, but I, he, he mentions that the, you know, uh, the new camp is, is 
you know, a strong atmosphere, one of the strongest in Europe in comparison with, you know, the other ones that we go to. I was really impressed by them when we went. I thought they were great, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Roma have a brilliant atmosphere at the Stadio Olimpico and they came and they got done. And Borussia Dortmund are world famous for what they've got going on there. And they came and they couldn't hack it. We can make this as raucous as possible. We can go, we can go mad. And you know what? It might not have an effect. And they might score first and it might just be over. But we can genuinely do our little bit here. Just to just to put a bit of doubt in the minds. Just to make them think, maybe this is going to be a little bit harder than what we thought. I remember playing Real Madrid a few years ago and them looking like rabbits in the headlights. They were terrified. And, you know, we're talking about the Bernabeu, everyone, well, known worldwide, all this type of stuff. It's, it's just not the same. You're closer to the pitch. It's a totally different type of atmosphere. A lot of them stadiums are more theatrical, I think. This is this is aggression. This mm-hmm. is pure aggression getting th- thrown down at you. So I think there is players there who, who've dealt with that before. It's not the same when, when, when you get at them. It's not the same when you go 1-0 down. Um, and the impact it has on our players as well, I think, is probably even more so. You know, they, they, they're like giants, aren't they, at times when you know you, you saw lads who, who, with half the ability of the lads we've got on the pitch going to be on the pitch on Tuesday night pull out perform- unbelievable performances because they've got, you know, 40,000 or 50,000 Liverpool fans screaming. At- yeah, we're not pinning our hopes on Biscan and Traore <laughs> exactly, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that game, could, you say, could have been 3-0 the other way and, and Barcelona would have felt hard done by probably, but in the same way as we really feel hard done by about what happened there. So, it's a big ask, but I think it's, it's, it's an ask that's it's ultimately doable again, I think. Andy, the thing that convinced me that it's it's it still is doable because I mean I was, I was stood at the very back row of the new camp looking down on the pitch uh, last week, just thinking, well, that's gone. Um, I had no sort of real hope towards the end of the game, but I got up the next day and thought we could absolutely go two 0 ahead, and that's all we really need to do, isn't it? We need to go two 0 ahead. And then go from there. And you can be 2 0 ahead after 20 minutes, realistically, if you're Liverpool. You can also be 2 0 ahead after 91. <clears> and you've still got three minutes, four minutes, whatever, to try and put it over the line. And they'll worry then. That's all Liverpool have to do is get ahead and go from there. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And, and there has been previews for, for mad, unpredictable results in the last two Champions Leagues. You look at PSG with Barca themselves mm-hmm. two seasons ago. You look at what happened with Roma. I think you need to think about the game in sections. I think you're right to think. You need to forget the enormity of the three 0 thing, and that it's it's you know it's I don't think it's ever happened before successfully from with without one away goal. I think you need to. But one thing I think what's massively important is that you you keep the other column nil, and you and you score two before half time, because that completely changes the facade of the game. Because that means second half, even if Barca score. You, you just need to score. Well, they need, get one. We need five, don't we? Yeah, but if you go in two 0 up. You've already got two, you could do three again, I suppose. That's what I'm saying about, don't think about it, oh, if they get one, we're fucked. It's basically just think about it in, in stages where if we get to point A, point B, but we're 2-0 up, then you just look at it, you, you look at the, the their advantage mm-hmm. not being wiped out, but the enormity of them, what we've got to do is less and less. And you can't tell me that Liverpool can't score three goals in a 45-minute period because it's proven that we can Shame that they all had a kip yesterday, isn't it? Um, yeah, they rested the whole team. But that, that's worked against us, though, as well, hasn't it? Where we've had these long long breaks between games and we've not looked quite as sharp because you mm. break that rhythm. I mean, you look at it either way. Maybe I'm struggling a little bit, but do you know what I mean? You talk about the, the power of mental positivity and all that stuff. I'd be looking at it the other way and go, well, yeah, maybe, but... 
I don't know, you know, I've, <laughs> messy on the sofa or salad on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an important point, John, because we've got to score many goals. Uh, we know now that we're not going to have Roberto Firmino mm-hmm. for the game. Um, who knows at the minute with Salah, you know, Klopp says in the aftermath he's okay and he watched the match, but with a concussion, a head injury, that's a doctor's decision to make, not just, you know, seeing how he is on the day and what you do there. That will be a scan and the scan will dictate, you know, what happens. But again, you know, we could be without two of our best players, two of our extremely potent front three, a front three that might well be the best in Europe. It will be even more difficult if that happens, but... The goal that we get last night in improbable circumstances is is set up and scored by two lads that have proven their worth in tough circumstances over the course of this season. You know, if you end up having to start Chiquiri and Origi or even Sturridge again, whatever, no one's impressed by that. No one is wanting that. But they've shown enough about them as people that you'll back them. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the... I mean, the positive about the, the Salah injury, I guess, is that if he's fine, he's fine, isn't he? It's not like a sort of the Firmino one where they think, oh, well, we'll give him a... Give him a run and see how it goes, and, and then it, it it sort of backfires. If 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 he's if he's fit to play, he'll be hundred percent. So I think that's sort of positive around it. But as you say, different people have come to the party at different stages of the season. The fact that you know, as you said before, we've got more goals off the bench than than any other team shows that actually the squad's stronger than sometimes everyone, including us, maybe gives it gives it kind of credit for really because you're not getting goals off the bench if there's not if there's not talent there and. You know, we'd all we'd all love to have the the best from three out there. We'd all love to be going into this game because it is such a mountain to climb with 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 all your kind of weapons at your disposal. But if we haven't, then we haven't, and other people will step up. And you look at someone like Mane. I think he, he relishes having a bit more responsibility on his shoulders. Obviously, he's a real team player. But you know, if 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 there's no Salah and Firmino, he'll he's not going to be sitting at home thinking. Oh, we've had it then. He'll be sitting on going sound. I'll bag it. You play me number nine. I'll, I'll do me Ronaldo impression again. Do you know what I mean? That's what that's what he'll be he'll be thinking. So these lads, you know, got to where they are by backing themselves, and there'll be you know eighteen lads who think they should be starting for Liverpool, maybe even more. And so and so, you know, it, it might be an opportunity for one or two more of them. Gareth, the Monday night fixture, the, the City Leicester game for me affects this massively. Even though it's a totally separate competition, mm-hmm. totally separate, you know, viewpoint on on how it's going to go and your optimism around it. But firstly, the atmosphere totally changes depending on what happens. It'll be like a zoo, frankly, if they have dropped points Monday night, regardless of what goes on on a pitch. But also, do you think it changed the way changes the way that Liverpool approach it? So, for example, say they have dropped points, does Klopp? Or do, or do you, would it be your preference to sort of go, well, maybe I'm not playing the main lads here because we just need three points against Wolves to win the league? I know it's a horrible question know, to yeah. think about, but it's a, it might happen. It's realistic. We do have to consider that. Yeah, so do you go full strength Barca or do you sort of just put it all on Wolves? No, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. And it's a thing, like we said before, the fact that Liverpool go back top because they won at Newcastle makes makes City's game different. You know what I mean? And, and so what, what City do obviously makes our game different. And... Yeah, I mean, personally, if if City have dropped points and it's in our hands to win the league on Sunday, not not asked about Barca at all. <laughs> but, um, you know, put the kids out. Uh, honestly, like I'm, I'm so desperate to win this league. It's been 29 years. I've been going to the match with every one of them 29 years, and I just really want to see us do it now. I'm just I'm just so so tired of getting close and it not happening and listening to all the shite and you know going. Like, I, I must have looked at the page where it shows all of Liverpool's seasons on Wikipedia 
a million times, honestly. And I just look at it, and every time it reminds you of those seasons where we came close and what happened and the heartbreak and the Gerard slip and everything else. And so if, 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 if it's in our hands, I, I think it, it, it really does affect what we're doing against Barcelona because you've got to keep your players fit and fired and ready for, the, for that big showdown against Wolves to win it. So it, it definitely affects it. I mean, not... Okay, not the kids, but I, I think I think I think maybe it affects one or two in terms of what you're mm-hmm. doing, and you're not taking any risks. And if the game goes, if Barca get one, and that's the scenario we're waiting for you, that you can go into Sunday and win the league, you're pulling all the players off the pitch and you're putting your subs on, and you're definitely thinking about them. The the only I I not saying I disagree with that I do, but the only problem you've got with that is the the players competition wise take the European Cup massively. Uh, even if we're 3-0 down and the, and the big lads will want to play regardless um, and I know we covered the league so much and if we were given a choice of Premier League or League title or Champions League right now we'd all pick the league title but the player I don't, not, I'm not convinced the players all think like that I think even if they're 3-0 down to Barcelona well, they, well, they yeah but they'll still think they can turn around they've, they've, they've proven themselves so much over the course of the season that they can dig it out from nowhere we've just, been, just spent 40 minutes saying that, that they can do that very same thing and I think it'd be a hard sell to the squad to say, look... This is only in Dan's weird scenario. That no, 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 no. I understand what you're saying, but... If there, there Jamie Vardy's weird scenario that he will create, I prefer to refer to it as. No, there is a possibility that the City to drop points, and it does then present the question, but what I'm saying is it, it's a bit... If we're all about squad unity and everyone getting on and, and it all being about team ethic, it's a big ask to then sit, sit a couple of lads down and go, look, the short being Cup semi-final against Barcelona. Not for you, lad. You've got a few interesting questions anyway, hasn't he? Right? Like Sturridge played 90 minutes the other day, or 98 minutes if you count injury time. And you're asking him to go back out on Tuesday. Has he played 19 minutes this season? But it, there's another question as well. What, the, what are Barca training for? What lineup are Barca training for? Yeah, it's interesting. Because yeah. you, you know, you think the front three, you'd, 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 you'd focus on that. Valverde spoke about it before the first like about how they've been looking at videos of the front three and how they move. But if only one of those front three are playing, and it's not like it's hardly like for like, is it? What are you doing to prepare for it? They're shitting themselves about Origi, you know. Hey, listen, he's done it. He's done it. You, you laugh. But look, look what he's done to us. I love him. And no. that's where we're leaving. We all love to watch Origi. Uh, that's about all the time that we've got for this week. Uh, thank you very, very much to John, to Gareth, to Andy and to Paul for joining me. Thank you very much to you for listening as well. Uh, if you don't already, it really is the best time to subscribe to the Anfield Wrap. Um, these are you know, some of the biggest games of our lives coming up there'll be loads of uh, previews of them loads of reaction all kinds of exclusive stuff on there so if you don't go to uh, theamphirop.com forward slash subscribe also check the YouTube channel there'll be more reaction to the Newcastle game on there and previews of Barca and Wolves to come this is genuinely the biggest week in Liverpool's modern history you can't get away from that now and it might it just might be the best week of your life as well um, enjoy it let's see where we end up let's hope it goes well and we're all reveling in it next week. But yeah, try and get through it. It might be torturous as well. But let's be optimistic. Up the Reds, all the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.